This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. I find it so interesting how, um, just how everything unfolds. How everything unfolds. You know, um, worship, worship is incredible, and then God speaks. And this is, um, I know that I've said to you all before that it's going to be a serious night, um, but I can't say that tonight because it's going to be a serious year. <laughs> it's not just going to be a serious night. And um, so there's a, a few things that I kind of want to delve into with you all. Um, I feel like this year is going to be a time of focus like never before. So for, for Tony to, you know, bring a word that speaks of God's seriousness and and him coming for us to lay down, you know, things that are idols and then Matt sharing his testimony because, you know, I've walked with him and seen this testimony unfold. And um, I think the thing that's most dramatic and beautiful to me is that God doesn't come and correct so that we will feel like disobedient children or people that are misguided or sinners or um, whatever. He's, he doesn't come to give us an identity that's funky. You know, we do that to ourselves. And, and please, tonight, I would say right now, please hear what I'm actually saying, not what you think I'm saying. You know, don't hear between the lines things that I'm not saying. Um, but we can often in church settings or in religion, we can begin to form these patterns of perception that aren't really guided by the spirit of this truth. Um, because this, this isn't just a spiritual book. There are laws in here. There are love laws in here. And God's intention in giving us guidelines and boundaries and laws is that we would understand the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So this year, as it unfolds, the school is going to go to the next nth degree of being a school. And you know, the biggest classroom that we all sit in is life. And so if we're willing to allow the Spirit of God to educate us, to school us in the two types of life that can be walked, actually one of them is not life, but we think, oh, it's no big deal. And I, I think the last time that I taught, I talked to you all a little bit about um, the fall and that Adam didn't just drop dead when he did something wrong, but it put in place a pattern for mankind's perception that almost can teach us, well, if I do this, I'm not going to drop dead. And yet it can be the beginning step of a death process. And so we're going to look at a lot of topics. We're going to actually have courses this year where we're going to delve into what it actually is to live life in Christ. And what it actually is, take a deep breath, say no condemnation, for Christ to actually be able to live life in us. Because that union is how the kingdom manifests. So I'm going to throw um, a few things out. Focus, um, just hear this. Some things I'll read right out of my notes. Focus is necessary if we want to grow and mature. 
So I'm going to say a couple of things. Please don't think, I'm not a legalist. In fact, without guidance and proper leadership and, and such in this household, I could actually be an independent freak, like a Jesus freak that just did whatever she wanted. I really could be because I love liberty. I love the liberty Jesus paid for. But I've learned through years that the greatest action of liberty is when you're willing to submit under the hand of God obediently in his structure. Because the tighter that I began and still happens, the tighter I submit into what God is doing in my life and in the life of his body in the earth, the freer I get. Now, that's crazy, right? That the tighter you get in a yoke, the freer you walk. But Jesus talked about that yoke. Yeah. He said, if you yoke with me, life will be different, right? Um, So what I want to say, this is a school. If this is a school, are we not students? So I want to encourage you to step to the next phase, not legalism, but I want to encourage you, bring a pad of paper or go to your notes in your phone and begin to take notes on what God is saying to you. Because some of us might think because we've been, you know, walking in truth for a very long time, we might think some of the topics that are going to be taught, well, I know this. Mm. Okay. There's a lot of things I know, but I want to know more because there is more. There's more. And revelation is progressive. And if all we ever do is get just enough of the doctrines from Scripture that we can stay mm, sort of safe and people will think we're Christians or recognize we're Christian, we've missed it by the proverbial mile. Because God's not trying to make cute Christians or people recognizable as churchgoers. God wants his family, his children to walk in abundant life, to actually walk in life, to walk in peace, to walk in comfort, to walk recognizing that he's with us every moment of every day. Even when all of my feelings say he's nowhere near this situation. Anybody ever feel that? You look at a situation like, and yet we know the doctrine that, yeah, he's, he's right here but we don't feel it. And so there are tricks that can get us outside the boundaries of safe thinking, safe obedience, okay? So we're going to go to the next level of um, focus. Anybody with me? Amen. I think over the past couple of years and so, you know, we've had themes. Um, we had um, just Jesus. We've had just Jesus. What are some other ones, those of you that have been coming forever? Just Jesus and... Um, Jesus, the living word last year. And I think God has been preparing our hearts and our minds to come to a place where we were going to step to the next place for what he wants to do. We've said that we've become a people group together. We've become a team where we are a culture. And I'm not separating us from living faith because we're a part of living faith. But you all are the ones that come on Wednesday nights. So to a degree, there's going to be things that happen amongst us that may be somewhat different than the the larger congregation. Can you agree with that? It's not preference. It's not my preference to Wednesdays as opposed to Sundays. It's simply that when people take a night after they've worked all day and they come back to the church and they sit for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours with respect to truth and the word of God, you're serious. You guys are not playing, right? Well, God is answering that seriousness. He's answering it. So there's some things he's going to do with us.
Um, one of the things, and I won't make you do it tonight, but I, I really want, you know, we're, we're spread out all over the sanctuary. We go from, you know, just because this seats over 600 people doesn't mean we have to have 600 seats between us because there's only 40 of us. Right. So I would really encourage you from, you know, now worship is different. If you want your private space in worship, I totally get that. Sometimes we just want a little bit of space to ourselves. But I want to encourage you um, next week, starting next week, come into the middle sections or at least come to the very front rows where we're kind of together. And we can. Um, Pastor Barry used to always say proximity makes a difference. I mean, I would imagine the people that actually walked close to Jesus felt something different, <laughs> experienced something different, right? And so I think proximity is something, even like if we say we're each other's people and we're a group and we're a crowd and we're family, well, let's, let's get close. Let's, let's let some of our emanating force that's in us start getting on each other. And, you know, if you're ticked at me right now for that kind of a thing, it's okay. No, no condemnation. Seriously, because I get the whole personal space thing. And I'm not saying you have to literally sit on top of each other. Okay. But I just think, you know, it's not necessary for us to literally be like 200 feet from each other. Okay. Um, because we are, we're allowing God to address some things like the word from Tony and the word from Matt is God's coming in here with some serious stuff. He's like, we're not just showing up on Wednesdays because we like to worship or we like the Bible or we like each other. I mean, you might come because you kind of like the friendship, but there's more. Even friendship has an intention in God. Right? Okay, let's have agreement because there is something God is going to do this year. There is something that the spirit of so is actually was birthed in our tuition-based training center. And that started in 1994. 1994, I was one of the first students in it. That was a long time ago. <laughs> but there was, there was a spirit. There was a spirit of excellence. There was a spirit of seriousness. There was an intention, an intentionality. There was a, a discipline. Some of it was so tough. At first, sometimes I was like, <laughs> like, seriously? Like, there was a reason I didn't want to go to college. And now I'm sitting in a Bible school. But it wasn't a Bible school. It was a training center. And this is not a Bible study on Wednesday nights. This is a training center. This is a place where this word will come inside of you and separate what's not of God from what is of God. And some of it, some of us will never know what's going on in you. We're not here to perform for one another. We're not here to perform for living faith. We're not here to perform for God. We're here to love and honor him and give the one who's worthy our lives. And in return, he says, I'm going to so abundantly bless you. I'm going to cause you to actually be able to handle life on planet Earth. It's rough out there now, guys. It's gotten worse. The things that are going on in our country and other places on this globe are shocking utterly shocking and they're so far from the plan of God for this season and age of this planet would you agree and the move of God we say I want the move of God we, we crave the move of God you are the move of God come on, come on. Let's go. Yeah. say that 
He needs a physical body if he's going to manifest visibly. And we are, we are that, right? Um, so we're going to move to more togetherness. Like that might sound like, oh, that's just, that's just a natural thing. No, that's not natural. That's not natural. Because I, I, I've, over the holidays and everything, I was like, okay, on that first night, God, what do you want me to bring to the student body? What do, you, what do you want me to say to people? Because these are the people that are dedicated. These are the people that come on Wednesday nights. They're committed to the household of God here at Living Faith and to the Word. And, and I just could feel like, like what Matt was saying. He, even there was some like angst in you're stepping into these things like what if he makes me give these things up forever and some of them I, he didn't toot his horn he did yeah that's it it's done some things are just done gone sometimes one act of obedience with god does the deliverance we might pray 20 years for but an act of obedience brings you under the covering of god in a way you cannot even imagine and i don't know about you but i'm down for that cuz i got some stuff in my life that needs to go Yes. And even just some ideas of things I think I can fix. Because I know this. Seriously? Without him engaging me with this truth. Yes. It's just church. Yeah. I was thinking um, one of the mornings this week, I can't even remember which one it was, but I was thinking about doctrine and, and how God's deepest desire in us having correct doctrine is that because it lives inside of us. If we have incorrect doctrine, it's like poison living inside of us. And correct doctrine used or misrepresented can be like poison. So God's going to straighten some things for us. Um, let me see. Um, okay, another thing. Some of this may come kind of like correction, um, but it came to me like correction, like God adjusting, saying, I'm going to, I'm going to adjust some things. You know, sometimes if you hit a bunch of bumps or whatever, your car gets out of alignment, you have to take it in and the mechanic, um, aligns it so that the tires wear better, the car drives better and all. And sometimes our lives get out of alignment. And, um, so, um, I'm going to bring some Holy Ghost alignment. We're going to worship on Wednesdays. Yes. And I'm not saying who's not worship. Sometimes I don't. You know, sometimes we can sit and the songs are beautiful and, and the voice is like, I mean, like an angel. And the music is soothing and it's been a rough day and no condemnation and not legalistically saying that can't happen. But as an intention, I want us all to arrive here with a purposeful um, heart posture that says, I'm going to worship. I want to worship. One of the things that I think can happen um, in churches, and it can happen in schools, a school can become a midweek service, a school like this, that where we only meet one night. It could become just in, in our thinking, a midweek service. We come, there's a song service. It's beautiful, nice. We have anointed psalmist. It's a song service. And then we have the teaching part of the service, and then we go home. And we don't think again about anything that happened that night. Say no condemnation. We do the same thing on Sundays. Sometimes go home, don't think about a thing that the pastor said. The pastor's actually gotten with God to find out what to feed his family that week. And sometimes we don't give another thought to it until we come next. Wonder what he'll teach next week. 
And yet God is wanting to fill us with seed and then build on top of that. Because God is always not building this way up, but this way out. He's filling us to overflowing to where everywhere we walk, we emanate something different. We emanate peace. We emanate confidence. We emanate security. We emanate comfort. But if we're not letting God build things and put things together and connect them. Our son, our oldest son, who's now he'll be 43 in two months. I cannot even believe I have a 43-year-old baby. But but anyways, um, he was a Lego freak. Legos are no good if you leave them in the box and none of them are hooked together. You know we do that with the word sometimes? We've got all these beautiful doctrines. We've got them all in their little neat boxes. We take them out and look. They're so shiny. It's beautiful. You know, I love the healing doctrine. I love the baptism with the Holy Spirit, shamatata, all the, all these things. But we don't let God put them together in our life personally. Sometimes we'll let him put them together for this is the way living faith acts. But what does he want to do inside you individually? What does he want to do? How does he want that that atmosphere that flows out of your life? How does he want to affect and influence this region with you? I have a favorite um, cologne, and um, people will hug me and say, you smell so good. Beats the alternative, doesn't it? <laughs> I'd rather smell good than bad. Um, but there's a fragrance. Like, I can love that fragrance all day long, but if I don't spray it on me after I shower in the morning, I'm not going to smell like that. And yet the potential for me to have this fragrance that people hug me and say, that's so nice. That's fresh. Do you know that our lives are a fragrance, both to God and to everybody around us? So, and I'm, I'm, some of these things are in my notes and some aren't, but when I went to the place regarding worship, again, not a judgment, but we have, you all have long days and you come in here. And so it's simply putting an intention into, Lord, I don't want to be one of those people that just begins to perpetuate a church model of just a song service and that schedule that says, this is the praise and worship time. This is the teach. This is the offering time. This is the teaching time. See, even we can on Sundays not even give honor to the offering time. That's not the time the church gets its electric bill paid. Offerings and tithes do pay the bills of the household of God. But that's not what, why God has us bring them. I mean, there wasn't electricity yeah. when he initiated it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, if we go to, it's like, because he says when you release, when you have open hands, when you're generous, that's the spirit of the heavenly realm. That's the spirit of God. He's generous and he allows himself to provide for the needs of those around him. So there's more happening through a household of God, a church with tithes and offerings than just meeting the physical needs of the house itself. Are y'all with me? So, we're not going to let this be a Wednesday night midweek service, right? We're not just going to come and get a little, you know, a little, a little extra <clears throat> so I can make it through the rest of the week. I don't know about you, but uh, for a few months now, I've just been opening myself up and saying, okay, Lord, we're coming on a new year, and um, 
I think he was preparing my heart for the chat that I would have with Pastor Gavin for some of the changes that would come this next year. He was preparing my heart. And so as I got with the Lord, I felt like the way that I prayed for you all and for so was God would be preparing your all's hearts, that he's taking us as a group to the next stage. Um, so another, another posture to change in our mindset um, and, you know, I'm not assuming that you all have this, these thoughts, but just in case we slip into these modes, we have to stop looking at scripture as if it's the way we are to behave in church or as church people or even as Christians, when actually it simply gives guidelines for our lives as children of God. You know, it's sometimes we don't even realize we're thinking that way, that I need, I need to, to be more disciplined because I'm a Christian. Anybody ever thought like that? I mean, I, I probably thought like that today. I, you know, I need to think a certain way because I'm teaching tonight. You know, there are ways that our mindset can go that link us into the tasks we have to do as opposed to the position that God has placed us in. Does this stuff feel difficult? Because when, I mean, the Lord's been kind of like really strong with me over the past few days about how, how to, you know, like set the pace for, for this year. And I literally, this morning I said, Jesus, I really don't want to go in there and be snarky. I mean, I said that to him. I just think he thinks we're so funny sometimes. Because it was like, why? Why is discipline, which entails blessing, why would that be snarky? But anyways, I'm just telling you all what I, because I was sitting there thinking, gosh, I want to go in there and smack everybody around. I'm smacking me too, just so that y'all know. Um, Okay, so this year, um, one of the places we're going to start and I'm not giving you like the whole deal because um, there'll be some promotional stuff that'll really kind of unleash it all. But um, we're really going to look at new creation truth because that one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about um, lately is in preparing for this next year is we ponder things and we like like you may think about the new birth or being born again and say, oh, yeah, I understand that. I think we haven't begun to scratch the surface of the deepest meaning of the new birth. That as humans, we are born of God now. Born of God. I mean, we're, we're not talking about um, my father was a wonderful man. He's with the Lord now. He died much too young, but um, I'm not just of Don Steele. I am born of God. At a spiritually cellular level, I'm made out of divinity. You are too. The intention when God made man was way bigger than even some of the translations that say, you shouldn't behave like a mere human. There's not anything about humanity that's mere. Nothing. The power God intended for these cellular physical bodies to literally manifest with every breath 
would astound us if we really like that got, we'd probably like pass out and die and go to heaven. If he literally put his glory, the revelation of his intentions. And I really believe that that's some of what God is doing now in the, in the body across the globe. He's not playing games. He's saying it's time to grow up. Yeah. It's time to mature further. I think we all, I know I have, we mature to the place where we're comfortable maturing and it works and we've got things pretty much in order and we don't have too much devastation in our life and um, we tithe and give and shamatata a bit and pray and worship and things are just going pretty good. You know, there's some things that are funky that happen here and there, but in the main, because I know Jesus is with me and he's my comforter, um, I can handle it. And yet I might be miles away from the majesty he's intending to filter through my existence. And see, he always does it with us in people groups. He started with the Jews, with a nation he brought together. He brought, hear my heart in this, if you don't hear anything else, he brought together a people to be his nation, to house him, to portray him, to follow him, to listen to him. And they learned, I'm taking license here, the doctrines, and just did it. Do you know how close we can be to that? We talk about how could they not even believe in Jesus? Come on. Come on. And yet the level to which he wants us to believe and yield, we act like them often. You know, it was a very strong word, the idols. But I think some of even allowing that kind of a word to come to us is that we allow God to interpret for us the word idols. Because we would often not think things were idols. But idols are things we put trust in, things we have confidence in. Might even be ourselves, might be church. Might be that we come to sow every week. Now God's saying, it's not just coming every week, even the disciplines you've had up to now. He's taken us to the next place. Um, I was listening to a teacher this morning, and um, he was talking about how everything with respect to salvation and, and God's plan of Jesus started with a miracle. The, the, the miraculous things, we, we shouldn't settle for such small things and think like, well, this is good enough. Does anybody ever have that thought like, this is good enough? This is okay, this works. I can handle this. I can manage this. I mean, sometimes we want to be like that in ministry. Like, no, don't get it too big, Jesus, because I can handle this. See, that's where even when he comes to me and says, okay, next year and so, let's talk about next year and so, and I'm thinking, oh, it's going good. <laughs> like, it's good. You know, we're okay. Why? Because sometimes we can manage it. We say, well, there's enough of the move of the Spirit here. Because sometimes we think, well, and I think sometimes pastors can be like this. If the Spirit really starts moving, I won't be able to manage it. Yeah. But isn't that the point? That the power of God was never meant to be managed. Um, okay, I'm going to... Um, Oh, time frame will be different. 
this year too. We will start at seven and we'll end at eight thirty. So those of you that have long work days and all, it shortens your evening a little bit, and that should help because I know people get so tired. Okay, so seven to eight thirty. Um, chats will still be meeting at six in the coffee shop. Um, okay, so I I want to go somewhere. I thought this was so weird, but um, but then I I looked at some different scriptures and and it actually made so much sense. Some of you. Um, Maybe none of you, but you may know people that don't really have, um, like maybe they grew up in a family that went to church, and so the new birth was talked about so much, and they just like sort of rolled into, of course I'm born again, or of course I'm baptized in the Spirit. Sometimes you can grow up in a church or a home life where you sort of assume you're in certain things. And so as I've been pondering for the past month or so with the Lord, I've thought about dates. Um, not like let's go on a date, but, you know, dates, like a month, a year. And um, please don't hear between the lines something I'm not saying. Uh, I'm, I'm, because I think when, when you step into things with God's God, He's not just talking about a one-time date. But there is a power when you can anchor into, like I... I know when I got baptized in the Spirit that it was a day, it happened, my life was revolutionized. Uh, There's no other word to use. It was revolutionized. Um, I had no idea that it would change that much. Um, but, But the memory of that holds some divine DNA that anchors me. And the same thing, I know the day that I was born again as an eight-year-old little Baptist girl. I will never forget that day, which is kind of strange for an eight-year-old. I remember details about it. I remember the feeling of it, the encounter of it. Um, I think Holy Spirit really came after me big time there, but I was in a denomination that didn't teach about the Holy Spirit other than to be born again. Now, what I'm saying to you is if, if you have, um, no connective points like dates with spiritual things that have happened to you, I encourage you to sort of redo them with God, sit with God and say, Lord, either remind me or let me say the prayer right this minute with you that I can tie myself to a memory. Are y'all with me? I'm not making natural memory an idol, but I am saying that God built us to recall things. Which is one of the reasons he never intended in his original plan for man to have knowledge of both good and evil. Because he built man in such a way that recall was going to happen again and again and again. So, But his intention originally was that it would always be recall of life. So when we would have an opportunity for to falter. No, we recall that God is with us. We recall the day we had this encounter with him or that encounter. Are you with me? There's power in memory. There's power in dates and connections. I remember when Neil and I got married, I remember standing in a judge's office and the walls were gorgeous cherry. It was a, a judge, a patents judge in D.C. And I remember the feeling in the room. I remember the counseling sessions that judge did with us because 
because he'd only married a few people. There are memory points that are my history with Neil. We're getting ready to celebrate 45 years. 45 years! It's crazy. But there are memories attached, and those memories have history in them, and they have connective tissue in them that keep me bound to a man that we have a marriage that stands the test of time. Those memories, those connective points are powerful. They're powerful. This is why Jesus said, when he sat at that last supper and he took the bread and he took the wine and he was like, this is my body. When you take this, remember me. It wasn't, it wasn't about, I mean, they weren't having communion in church, guys. They were in the upper room hiding out. They're having a la- they're having supper together. And he chose to take that moment in time with them. That date. I'll bet you when he was crucified, they remembered that night. They did. They would probably, every time they saw a loaf of bread or a bit of wine, they would remember Jesus. And they would probably take it and eat it and drink it and be like, And those memories changed their lives. It caused them not to forget who they were, whose they were, how they were, what his intention for them was. There's a plan and there are dates attached to it. Memories can bring a sense of well-being and firmness in a conviction that I am born of God. You know, when all hell is breaking loose around you, when you look at the news or you look at the world and you see things, I'm born of God. God, I could have all kinds of emotions right now, but what would you have me to do in this moment? What should my memories of you that I'm yours, how will that change me right in this instant? We talk about um, you know, anxiety drugs and all these things. God's meant to be. The anxiety pill in those difficult times. No judgment if you take them. Sometimes we just take because we don't, we don't know another way. And God walks with us in those times, right? But that's why I believe like and so he's saying, come on, y'all, let's go to the next level with who you are. Let's not just be students always learning. Let's be students who take this stuff to the bank and say, okay, I'm still learning, Jesus, but now who do you want me to go after? How do you want me to go after people? And I'm not talking just, you know, some of you would say, well, I'm not one of those people that goes out and talks to people in public. You have relationships. You have work relationships. You have school relationships. You have family. He's not saying always speak the religious word. You know, we always say, well, we've got to give them the name of Jesus. No, give them the character and nature of Jesus. When he said, when you pray and when you ask and when you do these things, do it in my name, that name, that Greek word there was onoma. That's the character and nature. He wasn't saying, instead of saying the end at the end of your prayer, say in Jesus' name. He was saying, when you pray, pray from my character, my nature, because that's who you are. And when we have that memory, I remember that Baptist church. I remember feeling as though I was conveyed down that aisle, scared spitless to be in front of people at eight years old. I was so shy and so just like, and yet I'm out there being moved. The Spirit of God moving me, drawing me. What does he want to do, guys? What supernatural movement does he want to do inside of us this year and so? 
with this beautiful word and these doctrines and these topics and these courses? How does he want to come to what we already know and say, let me take you to the next level with that revelation? Let me cause you with the new birth to be so freshly invigorated. So another thing I feel like um, we have to stop focusing on heaven and um, behaving properly to earn an eternal existence there. But rather we must look to our new life actually affecting life here on earth. And not just affecting my life. As a born again believer, my, my life should affect life on planet earth. Do you know that it can do that by intention? Just by, I mean, some things we think, well, I've got to go and touch it. I can't go to foreign nations. Pray for them. You don't have to go. There's no distance in the spirit world. If you hear of something happening in a foreign nation, pray. Pray in Jesus' name. Take on his character and nature and say, I am of God. God is speaking right now. All he needs is my vocal cords, my authority. I mean, that was Jesus' commission when he rose and went to heaven. He said, go into all the world and bring these disciplines. Disciple the nations. He didn't say make them all church people. He didn't. He said disciple the nations. Good behavior is not the spiritual birthing process. Conception is. Intimacy with Holy Spirit, with truth, with God. Actual relationship. Not behavior. Will our behaviors be affected? Yeah. But that's not the aim. I think that clock is just like going slow for me on purpose. Isn't that funny? Because I'm I gotta be done at 8:30. Um so if you want scripture references, Luke 22, 19 and 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-four for um do this in order to remember me. That's those were the, the last supper things. Um there's a verse that I wanted to share with you all. My nose is running. Some of you know, I say my nose always runs worse when like I teach, and I don't know if it's I'd rather the anointing not come out of my nose. <laughs> just a joke for those on the tape. That's just one of my stupid jokes. Um, Second Peter um, one twelve. Let me get there. Second Peter one twelve. Um, This is what Peter says, I won't hesitate to continually remind you of these truths, even though you are are aware of them and are well established in the present measure of truth you have already embraced. You know, I think we think sometimes, well, we've learned these truths. And, And I'm reading the Passion Translation in case you're wondering. I think to remind, to be reminded, because I, when I looked at that verse, 
The implication of the verse is that there is more truth to learn and embrace. So this is why Peter says, I'm going to continually remind you of these truths, even though you're already established in these truths. We're going to go there together. You know, part of my heart and... um and I'm sure yours, is that Wednesday nights would get fuller, that people would come. And I think the more that we allow it to be an educational place where people of all ages, whether you're 30 years in the Lord and in these doctrinal truths, or you've just gotten born again, and you know none of them, we can all come together and be enriched and grow and continue because there's always an expansion with the Word of God. Always an expansion. Um... 2 Peter 3, I just did 1.12. Let's go to 3, and I'm going to read verse 1 and 2. I had longer passages I was going to read, but um, I want to focus on these. Peter says, Beloved friends, this is now the second letter I have written to you in which I've attempted to stir you up and awaken you to a proper mindset. So never forget both the prophecies spoken by the holy prophets of old and the teaching of our Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. So he's encouraging, don't let the teachings go away from you. Don't let the mindset go away. Continue to rest in these foundational truths. And that's some of what we're going to do in so this year. We're going to rest in foundational truths. I was um, sitting in and thinking about you know, reading the scriptures over and over and going back to certain topics and learning and growing. And I'm actually really excited to look at the new birth again, to, to delve into new creation realities. I'm interested to see, um, the younger guys bring their pastoral hearts with the teaching of these truths and have new lingo. I get so excited because like it doesn't have to be said the way we said it. Yeah. You know, I love that. I, I want to hear how God uses their hearts to express. And, and then some of the other older faculty will come and bring some of the stuff that is familiar to me, but there'll be even more richness, richness in it. It's almost like um, when you make a recipe and you make it numerous times. The first time you make it, you think, oh, like, I hope, Jesus, that this is going to taste good for the company. And so they say, this is really good. And then, you know, as you're making it, you get more and more adept at it. It's kind of that way with truth. Like, we can get more and more adept at letting that truth live inside of us. Because what God does by His Holy Spirit with doctrine is He comes and personally ministers it to you in how you will walk that doctrine in your life. If you noticed, two men came to, at the end of worship with prophetic stuff. They spoke very differently. Their personalities were different. Both the Holy Spirit. Both the same truths. But they verbalized it different. How brilliant is that of God? Because there are many people on this planet to be reached, and they won't all say it like we do in church. And some of the other churches won't understand. Sometimes we get cloistered away in our little place of how we say things and how we do things, and we think we're doing it right. So anyways, I was thinking about going back to the Word and everything, and I felt like the Spirit of God said, if you don't read the book, you will never know the plot of the story. <laughs> Through the years, I've gotten to places and thought, mm, I know the plot. When I was, and this is nothing against, I thank God that I grew up a Baptist. But in the Baptist church, it was all about getting born again, get born again, and stewardship. 
I didn't learn about the Holy Spirit. There were numerous things I didn't learn about. Everything focused around making sure, you know, I went out on visitation. I loved it and nothing wrong with it. But there, there were just certain things and there was more plot to the story than just get everybody a home in heaven. And then I started learning like, oh, home in heaven. Actually, God wants a home on earth or he would have never left heaven. Why did he become visible? Why did he make a place where he could, that could be his abode? Why does he change the house and move the furniture around? Because the plot's bigger than what I currently understand. I'm going to tell you all tonight, and I'm going to end with this. The plot of why you've come to sow is different than you thought. There's a bigger plot. It's not a midweek service. It's not even for us to get edified a little further so we can make it through each week. We get all those things. But the plot is unfolding, guys. And then we'll get to 2024. The plot will keep unfolding. Because he's taking us this way. He's taking the body of Christ this way. He's not lifting us up, lifting us up until we all live in a heavenly realm where nobody out there even knows what we're talking about. He says, I'm going to unfold this living truth in you where you are so convinced of it that you will be just like that little girl who said, be it to me according to the Holy Ghost. And without ever laying with a man, she conceived. What are you going to conceive this year? Father, we honor you. We honor your word, God. We honor your purpose for so. Father, as the pastor of it, I yield my heart up. I yield my mind up, my brain, every aspect of me. The doctrines and how I currently know them. The verbiage I use to explain the scripture. I yield it all up to you. I don't want any of those things to be idols. I, I don't want to be addicted to any of those things. I don't want to stay in a safe comfort zone just because I'm able to manage it this way. I, I say, go ahead and do what you want to do. And so, I just say, Father God, that I'm willing to lay my guard down, let my hair down. And anyone, as I'm praying, that's willing to do the same thing, I thank you that they agree with me. And we say, have your way in this school, defining even that term school for us by your spirit, not by our, our understanding. Thank you that you care that much that you have chosen to never leave us, to never forsake us, to stay close with us and to unfold the plot moment to moment, week to week, month to month, and year to year. And you've been doing it from the beginning of time when you said, let us make man. So we say thank you ahead of time, Father, for what you're doing in so. Thank you that you don't take your eyes off of us. Thank you that you're preparing hearts of people that will come in here and they will meet our precious Jesus. Not just the Bible or church. They will meet Jesus. And that's our prayer tonight, Father, that our lives would cause people to come to Christ. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name.
Amen. I love you guys.